The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Rocksmanstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. It's like 8.30 on Tuesday morning. I think you can hear that in my voice. Um, yeah. As Ready always, to rumble, is, though. <laughs> as always, this is JJ, joined by Keith McPherson, uh, getting you excited for, I mean, it's a big week. I, I say it uh, a lot of times. First of all, last week, great week to be a Yankee fan. It's it's good to know that it was. And I think this upcoming week is also going to be a great week to be a Yankee fan. Most weeks are. But uh, there's a lot going on. We just won 9 out of 10. Uh, we had a great event. Uh, both Keith and myself are going to London. Keith's leaving in a couple hours. That's why we're recording so early. But uh, overall, Keith, how you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I mean, that rain was soothing to sleep through. And then I woke up at like 7.30. Well, I don't know, like 6.30 to 7.30. I was trying to wake up knowing that we got to do the podcast and knowing that today's the last day uh, before London, man. I'm, I'm pumped about it. We won last night. Uh, we've been winning. We're rolling. Uh, what a time to be alive, man. It's dope for us. The Yankees are the Yankees. So... Let's kick it off with talking a little bit about this weekend. We had another Bronx Pinstripes event. And uh, now that it's Tuesday, I think my hangover is finally gone. I got I to gotta <laughs> stop, stop getting so ripped at these events, man. No, nah, there's like no way to not get ripped like that. Like, there's such drinking, a good time. What time did I start drinking? I started drinking at La Bodega at like 4 o'clock. Yeah, I was filming... Stadium meets at the Hard Rock at four o'clock. So like four o'clock, I'm just banging <laughs> shots of Jamison with Nick yeah. Kirby. But I mean, it's the best way to watch the game, man. I don't have any more fun at any other game besides like Bronx Pinstripes outings, getting the writers together, getting the fans together. Uh, obviously, the guys from the podcast minus Andrew, who didn't care enough to be there. It's a shame. Um, 
just kind of recapping the event, um, one, met uh, a ton more of the writers because it's not like we have like an office that we all go to. So that was cool to, to meet more guys. Um, I feel like it was just like a different group of people than the last event. Yeah. Like it's, you know, like a rotating events. Next event is July 20th. Um, trust me, you should come. I've got some tricks up my sleeve. Um, <laughs> for this event, I wore in my ongoing beef with Andrew. I wore a shirt that said, where is Andrew? Instead of the event shirt that everyone else was wearing. Got on the Jumbotron for it. Had a big where is Andrew chant going in the section. Um, I think the the fans of Bronx Pinstripes are turning on him, and I think that they should. Yeah, he uh, he took some jabs at you <laughs> on the podcast yesterday. He said you're a, you're an idea guy, not an execution guy. That you should have had different color font, different color letters on your shirt. Uh, so that it would, you know, not contrast the same, like, so you could see it better. But I think everyone got the idea. We had that on Instagram. We had it on Twitter. We had it on the Jumbotron, like the where's Andrew thing. My girlfriend told me she was in the bathroom and heard some ladies like, I don't think I know who Andrew is. Who is Andrew? <laughs> exactly. No one knows who he is. And Andrew, I'm not, first of all, I didn't hear that because I don't listen to your trash show. Um <laughs> I listen if Scott has his own show, I'd listen. I was gonna um, say no offense to Scott. <laughs> then, no, no, you should listen. I'll be on Thursday's show. <laughs> um, no, you know what it was is I was like, all right, I gotta do this. I just I have a lot of other shit going on. So like making a t-shirt to make fun of a guy that I kind of know from the internet is like very low on my list of priorities. And so when I'm at like AC Moore trying to decide, like, okay, well, I got I need a t-shirt. They didn't have, I wanted to do white on Navy. They didn't have Navy shirts. Then they didn't have Navy lettering. So it was like, I'm just trying to piece these all together. I guess there was a run on like shirts and like felt iron ons. Apparently this time of year, summer camps, a lot of kids are making, they make shirts for summer camps. So that's why I was like, why is there no stuff here? (laughs) And the people were like, oh, summer camp season. I was like, well, that's a thing I don't factor into my life at all. So, I mean, that was a blast. I will say the best thing, and I feel bad because I'm drunk. Well, I'm not drunk now. I was drunk then. It's 830 in the morning. I'm not drunk. Um, I forget the guy's name, but we were, I was sitting there and all of a sudden I got a tap on the shoulder and it was a little girl. Um, And I thought it was going to be like, can you stop cursing? Because she had to be like, you know, five or something. (laughs) And she was like, my dad listens to you on your podcast every week all the time and i was like oh my god like he sent the girl down it was a whole family of there had to be like eight of them who were not at our event just happened to be in our section and that's cool man and was like the whole family was like yo all he does is make us listen to we're in the car we're going in we're listening to you and we're listening to the bp show so you know that was boxers we're growing yeah, so shout to that guy, shout to his family, shout to everyone who came out. Um, yeah, so I I did the Andrew shirt, um, got on the Jumbotron, did the chants, was just slamming beers. I mean, I had to go to a christening at eleven AM on Sunday, and I woke up oh, at eleven no. oh I woke up at eleven oh five. So that's Man, where I was tired during that game. Bonnaroo literally screwed up my biorhythms not sleeping. But like that game was a drinking game because it was close and it wasn't like wasn't like we ran away with that game. 
um i actually redeemed my like two free beers and two free hot dogs that come with the ticket because i didn't do that the last like two times i never remember to i never remember to but for some reason like we weren't playing that well and i was like okay let's take a walk and i waited like 30 minutes to get it on like the 300 level it was cool though it's like you know you buy a ticket for 60 something bucks you get a free beer and a hot dog and you get to watch the game with all of the best fans of bronx pinstripes crew like that's that's a deal that's the best way to go to yankee stadium yeah so come out july 20th go to bronxpinstripes.com Buy a ticket to that game. It's a 1 o'clock game against the Rockies. The Friday night before, I believe myself, Keith, Andrew, and Scott are all going to be at that game as well. We're going to be up in a, a suite, though. So, I mean, I'm going to be hungover as shit for the 20th. Like, we're just yeah, being honest. Was, like, but games like that, it just they just roll, man. You go a Friday night, you drink, you wake up, and you go right back to the stadium, and then it's the third inning, and you're like, I never left. So, you met... Um, Frank Marco, writer for the site in Tennessee, yeah. lives yeah. in Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to be filming a video with him that day. He's going to come. Oh, right. Yes, he's coming up for that. He's coming up for that. He's going to come meet me at my hotel and uh, in the morning. So I have to like start significantly earlier than I normally would. And I'm going to take him through like a day and go to a Yankee game with me. Like we're going to get breakfast sandwiches, like everything that I do. I'm staying at a hotel down the block from my old apartment on the Upper East Side. So just like. What is a Saturday morning going to a game like with me? Uh, and we'll have uh, an intern out there, Twitchy, uh, you know, following us around the whole day. So it's going to be a blast. If you've seen what I've done with Andrew, you know I'm going to put on a show. Solid. Yeah, Frank, there will be no hot chicken involved. He took me to Hattie B's Hot Chicken in Nashville as my first hot chicken experience. So I, I told him, because uh, he's talking about going to the Friday night game, like just getting tickets because he'll be in New York. I was like, well, that Friday night, I want to go uh, and get chicken and waffles in Harlem. I haven't been to Amy Ruth's in forever. Uh, like, it's been, you know, like a year and a half. And yeah. So I was like, so I could show you some chicken, Frank. Yeah, so definitely. We'll see. Um, so come out July 20th. It'll be a good time. I'll be there. Keith will be there. But let's talk about what happened this week. Uh, well, we kick things off with the Tampa Rays suck. They're so bad. Yeah. They're just so bad at baseball. I mean, Here's the thing. I think that they have done some great stuff, you know, this year and really in a lot of years and staying competitive without spending a lot of money. Their fan base stinks because they maybe watch on TV, but they don't go out there. At the same time, the Rays are dealing with the idea of are we going to play in Tampa for the first two months of the season and then Montreal the second half of the season? Um, It's a weird thing. It's a weird team. It, It. I feel bad for the players on that team because it's just like no matter how much you've worked in life, if you think about it, even the worst guy in Major League Baseball, Jonathan Holder, has worked his way through Little League, Babe Ruth League, high school, possibly college, depending on what route they go, minor leagues and all this stuff that like the worst player in Major League Baseball is so good. But if you're on the Rays, no matter who you are, like Evan Longoria was an all-star, gold glove third baseman there. And like I never took him seriously. The guy's a joke because he's on the Rays. So, you know, obviously they come to New York. We sweep three games from Cameron Mabins going deep. The Yankees continue to home run in every game. CeCe goes out on, on Wednesday and gets, uh, gets his 250th win, a 12-1 game. Um, and 
you know, Brett Gardner is a fucking psychopath diving headfirst into first base up 12-1. But I feel like from that series, and now they're only five games back and there's a lot of season to play, that sweep ended the any threat that the Rays had. I'm more worried yeah. about the Red Sox eight games back than I am about the Rays five games back. They're not a threat, and we need to stop pretending like they're good. Um, they beat other teams, but they're not a threat to us. Their Cy Young winner, uh, Blake Snell, made him look like an opener, right? They have the opener thing all last year. We get him out of there in the first inning, and it's not even close. Like, One third of an inning. Against the Rays. Like, we, can, we can depend on CeCe against the Rays. He's got a chip on his shoulder. It's just uh, hatred. It's just anger. CeCe goes out there and anger pitches. Every time he steps on the mound against the Rays, it's like, that's in his head. That's for you, bitch. He's ready to pitch. And we're not going to let them come into Yankee Stadium and do a thing. They're flirting with having two stadiums. It's like, no, nah, you're not going to have two stadiums. It's like when, you're, when your girlfriend tells you, oh, uh, well, in the early years of your relationship, oh, go hang out with your other girls or your other girlfriends, and you make some girl up. They're like, oh, yeah, maybe I will call Susie. Like, no, you're not going to call Susie. There is no Susie. You guys are stuck <laughs> in St. Petersburg with your shitty-ass stadium that you try to pretend is cool. Like, they, they promote it on social media uh, that the speakers are, like, creating outs and that the lights are going out and, you know, it looks like a Bon Jovi concert. That's It's not cool. Like, this is Major League Baseball. You have the worst park in Major League Baseball. You guys are a joke. You're never going to beat us. Never going to be a threat. We watched you, swept you, and that's all she wrote for the rest of the season. You know where we're going, and we know where they're not going. I did think in that uh, that Wednesday game, CeCe, when he got the five innings, like he looked, he looked pissed off. He just looks pissed off every time he pitches against them. And I, I didn't think he was going to come back out for a sixth. Like, yes, we were up, but he had thrown a fair amount of pitches, and he's CeCe, so like, you know. Get him off the mound when you can to, you know, keep him healthy to get him out there the next time. I thought he was going to get thrown out. I could just see him being like, all right, so I qualify for the win. All right, fuck you. Like, start yelling at the umpire. Because there was a call that he didn't like at the end of the fifth there. That I was like, oh, shit, maybe he's about to get tossed just for the fuck of it. I mean, that was 250. So he got the 250, which, you know, had been uh, eluding him the last couple of times out. Um, Of course, he gets it against the Rays, and we blow them out 12-1. So let's dive a little bit more into this raise situation. It's not real. There is no way that a baseball team, and I know in like the 70s, the Kings played in like Kansas City and like Omaha, but like in 2020, 21, I mean, I think we're talking about 2027 realistically when this could happen. You can't have a major league baseball team splitting, you know, between two cities. And it's for a few reasons. One, it's fucking stupid. Two, it is like it's a detriment to the fan base because one of the whole things about, you know, you you think about the Yankees, you think about really any team is you need to have the fans in, in on this team. And part of being getting fans to be in on the team is the team being in on the city. And if it's like, ah, we get you part of the time, you've already got an apathetic fan base in Florida. Now, if you take away the ability to see them play late in the season, even if they are good, like, why do I care about the April games? Then when you factor in that there's still people involved in this, like you've got major league baseball players who have families 
You know, if, if you are just calling up guys from AAA who are just happy to be there and don't have any ability to make decisions, like, yeah, they'll roll with the punches because they have to. But you're never going to get a premier free agent to sign with the idea that, hey, you have a home somewhere in the world, whether it be in America, in another country, whatever it may be. And then you have to possibly bring your family to spring training, then move them. And Tampa plays south of Tampa for spring training. So like they could move to Sarasota and it's an hour each way. But now you're just you've got an hour commute each way. And then you've got to relocate that family into another country. So it's like, you know, for the summer, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think Tampa, I think the Rays are using this because they play in St. Petersburg. They want to actually move to Tampa, want a new stadium there, which I think will also be a disaster. Um, and I think the end result is they end up moving to a different city. They should either move to Montreal, give Montreal another shot, move to Vegas, move to Nashville. Um, but don't stay. Florida baseball just does not work for the regular season. No. Yeah. And they, they, a lot of people talked about with the Marlins and Marlins Park and them building that park and their attendance being down. Um, I don't know. I Like I said, it's a it's a card they're trying to play against the city of St. Petersburg against Tampa, because for 10 years they've been trying to get a new stadium and the people aren't voting on it or people aren't budging on it. It's just laughable. Like Montreal to Tampa. How long is that flight? Six hours or something like they're not going to be doing that. <laughs> There's no way the logistics of it. You're going to get two places. You're going to have an apartment in Toronto outside of the United States. Hold on. Time out. Time out. First of all, you think from Tampa to Montreal would be a six hour flight? I don't know. New York to Montreal is like a 27 minute flight. So three hours. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like a three hour flight. The logistics don't work. A six hour flight or a three hour flight for your home games. And like. No, it's just not going down. It, it, it'd be it make more sense if they said another like city in Florida. I just don't I don't see any of this going down. It's all just to play the people of St. Petersburg to say, hey, we'll we'll leave. It's a threat to leave. Uh, you know, I'll call my old girlfriend or I'll call my my side chick. Like there is no side chick. There is no other girl. You guys are the Tampa Bay Rays. You play in St. Petersburg. The trop sucks. It is what it is. Yeah, I just I I. They're not doing this. Everyone is up in the arms, and I get it, because, like, what's the point of having a Twitter account if you can't get up in arms about some rumors? But everyone freaking out, it's not happening. Um, plus, like, you know, the idea of moving them, like, maybe you move them to Nashville, they could stay in the East. You know, if you move them to Vegas, they got to leave the East. And I don't think they're going to be a good franchise for a very long time, so I do want them to stay in the East. Like, I still want to play them 19 times so we can get those dubs. Yeah. But they're not going to. Or just moving to Montreal. Like, I'd be fine with the moving to Montreal. You just go to, you know, hey, get to go do a trip to Montreal once a year, you know, to go see them. It's another easy trip. It feels international. But, yeah, they're not splitting this shit. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. And um, I don't know how these things make the news. Like, I don't even know how people, like, take this seriously. Tampa oh, someone from the Rays. Someone from the Rays leaks it to a reporter so that they'll run with it. So that yeah. then people will be like, what? This is fucking stupid and be up in arms and then they can go to St. Petersburg and, uh, you know, they could go to Tampa and say, well, you build us a new stadium. Everyone thinks this whole thing's stupid, but we do have permission to, you know, to look into moving. 
story that's not a story. And it, it blew up into a story across the country and Major League Baseball. And everyone said, no, that's not going to ever happen. Yeah. So after we beat the shit out of the Rays, I feel bad now knowing that like little kids listen to the show. Thanks to their dads with the cursing. But uh, Houston came to town. <laughs> Uh, the world beater Houston Astros, who are a uh, first place team in the AL West, they have great. They have a great team. They made. They won the World Series two years ago. They were right there last year. They've really rebuilt themselves. But right now, they are not the team that they were. We skipped Garrett Cole in this series. We did not have to deal with Carlos Correa. They have a, a number of other injuries. Jose Altuve was just coming back. He's only batting about 230. So it's George a combination Springer. of, yeah, George Springer's out. It's a very, it was an interesting series because the clearly the Astros aren't at 100%. And everyone who's a Yankee hater points that out going into the series. Like, well, you're not playing the real Astros. Not everyone's there. We don't make the fucking schedule. We don't handle the injuries. So what we went into this series to do was beat up on a team that is much better than their roster the same way no one could do that to us earlier in the year. Like, we don't want to hear about injuries from any other fan base. I did an appearance on, um, I forget the radio station, in Lafayette, Louisiana, Saturday morning, because that's close to Houston, and there are places in Louisiana that aren't New Orleans, apparently. And um, they said the same thing to me. Like, well, we've got a lot of injuries. And it's like, well, that doesn't matter to us. We're only going to play the guys who you put out on the field. And the Yankees went out and did it. I mean, they start off Thursday, four home runs. You know, they have a six-run inning to win their sixth straight. They come out on Friday, a nice 4-1. Kind of easy, you know, nice, easy game. Get up early, stay up. Tack on some insurance runs for a seventh straight win, a seventh straight win with Gary going deep again. Um, and then we've got Saturday when we're in attendance and we get up, we get up early, they come back. Austin Romine, who while I was driving to the game, I, I drove Nick Kirby, who's another writer from the site uh, who lives in the next neighborhood from me. He saw the lineup. He's in the back of the corner. He's like, no, Gary, we got Romine. Romine stinks. And I was like, hey, you know, last game Romine played, a guy who I follow on Twitter said, Romine stinks. And uh, Romine had four RBIs. And I was like, I feel good about him. I think he's a good, he's the best backup catcher in baseball. Romine delivers that home run, brings us yep. to the promised land. And we get those first three games with Stanton coming back, judges back, and I think one great thing about what happened in that Astros series, and we do go on to just lose on Sunday. We just, you know, Hap didn't have it. Verlander was Verlander. You know, it's a tough game after you win all those, you know, you win eight in a row, you lose that game. Um, but the story this week, we all really thought going into it was going to be Stanton and Judge. Stanton and Judge, Stanton and Judge. And them coming back was a story. But while these guys are getting used to seeing Major League pitching, because if you think about it, Stanton has been out for a long time. Judge has been out for a long time and had a shorter rehab, you know, in terms of games in AAA. 
these guys aren't used to they're seeing extended spring training which is like the injured worst of the worst professional baseball players so these guys have to get their timing down get that back and just like the rest of the year with them not in the lineup the rest of his team is is carrying them and stanton does get on the board last night with his first home run of the year but where you know and judge did throw a guy out the other night so as they're getting their legs under them, we're winning these games as a team, and it's not just on these superstars. And I think that's exciting to see that keep going. Yeah, and that's a change from this year and years past. It's not relying on Judge to hit the two, three-run bomb. It's not relying on Stanton to uh, save us. It's like, listen, man, this team was rolling through the injuries that the rest of Major League Baseball doesn't want to give us credit for and and – you know, as soon as the Astros are hurt, it's like, oh, the Astros are hurt. Well, we were hurt, too, and we still won. Um, these guys come back to the lineup, and it's like less pressure on them. Obviously, they're superstars. Um, Judge hasn't really um, come back with a bang at the plate yet, but Stanton had a four-RBI night when we were there Saturday. Home run last night. He, he seems to be right back into it. It's great because last year it was boomer bust. This year it's like anybody can be the guy in this lineup. Gio Urshela is going to come in with his 300 batting average and get knocks and hit home runs, even if he doesn't play every day. Um, guys like LeMahieu are going to lead us off and be consistent where you don't have to worry about, okay, well, it's, it's judge or die. It's a home run from Stanton or die. Uh, we're a better team this year. We're more well-rounded. It's awesome to see. Yeah. And to see Stanton get going with, you know, bases loaded gets a big hit for us. And, you know, he, he had the four RBIs, but it's not by just going deep. That opens up so much more for him as a player. And the same thing with Judge. When they're finding ways to get balls down the line, when they're hitting through shifts, or when they're just finding gaps, that's when it all comes together rather than the idea of, you know, we have to, you know, hit a home run every time we're up there. It takes a lot of pressure off them. That's exciting to see because when we just relied on them uh, to hit home runs, we lost in the ALDS. Or when right. we were really just relying on home runs when Stanton wasn't there, we lost in the ALCS. But having this well-rounded team and having guys like fucking DJ LeMayhew, it's Perfect. just we're throwing a parade. Steal of the century to put that guy in this lineup. And a, a lot of you cried when we didn't sign Machado and you saw that the infielder that we did sign in the offseason was DJ LeMayhew. I wish I could pull up people's Twitter receipts. Because people are like, oh, we're definitely out on Machado now. And I'm like, so what? This is the NL batting champ. Like, this is exactly the type of bat we need in this lineup. Man, I love it, dude. If you take Stanton out of it, you take Judge out of it, there's still a, a home run battle between Gary and Edwing. These two are battling for the AL lead in home runs. And it's like, okay, so if Judge is cold, Stanton is cold, Edwin is going up there, like, okay, I'm trying to be first. Gary's going up there like, no, I want to be first. Glaber's coming up there like, hey, don't forget about young young Glaber in this too. Glaber's got like 18 home runs. Man, we uh, we have a an embarrassment of riches. We've been saying it all year, but now that it, it's coming together with everyone being healthy, man, we're going to roll. Yeah. I mean, we have now, you know, on Tuesday mornings in here, we've hit home runs in 27 straight games. Last night against... Uh, Toronto, we tied the 2002 Texas Rangers for the longest home run streak. Just to put it in perspective, some of the guys on that team, Pudge Rodriguez, Rafael Palmero, Michael Young, A-Rod, Ruben Rivera, Juan Gonzalez, Carl Everett, guys who you think of of like home run hitters. Um, and we're 
doing it with DJ LeMayu and yeah. uh, and Glaber Torres, who's Geo a second year player. Yeah, Geo sh- it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're finding it from all places. Uh, last night with Toronto in town, and you know when you've got teams like Toronto's not a good team. The Rays, are, you know, traditionally aren't a good team. But even you know now they're in second place. But when even they're in fourth place, they kind of bring their A game. The Orioles bring their A game when they play the Yankees. So you always have to be skeptical, you know, of cruising through these games. But we go out, we score a lot of runs early. CC Sabathia on the mound gets a big lead, gives us, you know, a solid start of again six innings, two earned runs. That's where CC lives. Is that give me six innings, two three runs. And then let the offense take over. I did find it very funny. He had a quote after the game when they asked about, you know, the game and, and facing Toronto. And he goes, I don't know. When I'm facing Vlad and Craig Biggio's kids, I know it's time to hang them. Hang it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is I, like I, a, an element I didn't even think of. Like, shit, you played against their dads. Yeah. And like, like the early 2000s, um, that's, that's got to be weird. How crazy is that to pitch against? you know, Hall of Famers and then keep playing and their sons come up. These are guys that you might have seen their kids on the field at batting practice. Definitely. Especially at like all-star games. At like all-star games when everyone's got their kids. clips of their kids like sitting on their laps at the all-star games. Fast forward 15 years, these kids are, you know, in Yankee Stadium trying to hit bombs off you. Yeah, CeCe knows it's time, man. Great career. And uh, it's awesome to say, man, I pitched against your dad. Or I struck you out and your dad. <laughs> so CC pitched great. Canley goes out there, pitches great. Jonathan Holder. Yikes. Bro. He's had he's had a week. Last night <laughs> he gives up five he earned was, runs uh, in with with getting no outs. It was ten to two last night, and I started doing other things like making sure I got my passport, print out the tickets. Google some stuff about London because I've never been. And I'm like, wait, this guy's going to blow it. In 18 pitches, he gave up five runs. Well, the, the solo shot first, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just a solo shot. Solo shot's not going to do anything else. Then he proceeds to load the bases. And I'm like, he's serious right now. It's so bad. Yeah, it's like, nah. Are you just kidding? Like, he he wants a redo. But he got, he got optioned right after the game, of course. And I was saying... His ERA for this week was 36. His ERA this week was 36. My stomach hurts. And he still, but he has a one and no record. He got to win this week with a 36 ERA. That's baseball, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, man. Uh, And then the thing about us, right? You know, and we can throw in the, uh, the question from Wolf 38 of Wall Street. How much of this is on our pitching coach, Larry? Or is it on these guys? And when you look at a guy like Holder, and even with Chad Green and his struggles and some of the other guys, you know, we do this build confidence thing, right? Boone is sending a guy out. It's 10 to 2. If you're going to send a guy out to build his confidence, there you go. Just hold it down, Holder. No, man, this guy gave it all the way up. And it's like, you feel for him, but you don't. Because we can't afford that. We can't have that. If we go up 10 to 2, we can't have a guy come in and give up five runs on 18 pitches. Like, nah, get him out of here. And he's gone. So I'm, I agree with Boone on the build confidence in these guys because you never know with injuries, like when you're going to need them. And I think a 10-2 game is to do it. But now 
the confidence has to be built at the AAA level because it just right. it can't be. So like I'm fine with Boone keeping it there. I did see people being like, why don't you get him out when the bases were loaded? And it's like because we still have this huge lead, and I'm hoping to not waste another arm even though we do have a couple days coming up, but there are roster decisions that have to be made that we'll talk about as we get a little deeper into the London talk. But with, you know, when it comes down to it, the guys who throw the ball are responsible for this. And shout out to Wolf of 38 Street. He used to be Animal Man. This guy's followed me for like five, six years. Um, been ride or die with me. Um at a certain point, though, and it's tough to complain when you're in first place. I don't feel that Larry Rothschild has done dick this year. He hasn't done anything. When we've had issues, whether it's your know, passing's having issues, Hap, you know, hasn't pitched great at times. Who, you know, we had Carlos Beltran fixing them. Now, I give all the credit in the world to Aaron Boone for what he's done this year with a very injured uh, roster in terms of composing lineups, making the right substitutions, and really just, to a certain extent, motivating guys to go out there and perform. The Gio Urshelas, you know, who really aren't supposed to be there, aren't supposed to be something we think about, but motivating them to get the best out of them. But I feel like Larry Rothschild isn't motivating anyone. He's not correcting any errors. And while we're in first place, it's tough to, you know, be like, oh, well, you got to fire the guy. But I said it earlier in the season, if there any heads are going to roll at any point, I think Larry's the first one too because he's been there for so long. I think there's a certain level of complacency in the job that you can get at a certain point, and I just don't feel like he's making the corrections that you look for a coach to make. I haven't heard of any. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that he's asleep at the wheel, and he's kind of just watching the same way we're watching as fans. Like, wow, this team is great. This team's amazing we can hit with the best of them. We're, we're setting home run records. Um, we're doing it in multiple ways. And then it's like, wait, hold on. The other side of it is pitching. And that's our weakness. Um, everyone that looks at this Yankees team, uh, they put us in the power rankings, number two behind the Dodgers. Obviously, we don't have as many wins as them, but it's because we know when we get into a series, our pitching is lacking. All the talk is about us going to get another starter. But we need to talk more about is Larry the right guy for the job? Um, I don't know. Like I said, he, he kind of gives me the vibes that he's asleep at the wheel. Old man might just be chilling a little too much. Uh, there's a lot of guys that we've seen go out there and not look right, whether it's mechanics or whatever it might be, certain pitches. Um, and no and, one's and given him credit for like, oh, I've been working, you know, no one's gotten better and been like, well, I've been working with Larry. No. And on the, on the, on the flip side, uh, Marcus Thames, Thames, Marcus is uh, always getting, like, I literally just heard Luke Voigt talk about how, oh, yeah, you know, working with the hitting coach and we go through strategy and stuff. They're always giving props to the guys for, you know, how they're approaching these pitchers and how they're hitting and how they're coming to the plate ready. But you don't hear the pitcher saying, yeah, you know, uh, I worked with Larry this week. We, we had a great, you know, week of preparation and we fixed these little things. We watched film. I don't know. I, I mean, think that's, it, a, that's a big part of it, too. Like, I think you need players to be going out there and saying what a good job you've been doing right because that's i mean if if that's what's happening then they're gonna they're gonna speak right to it they're gonna give credit where credit is due if that's not what's happening then no they're not gonna they're not gonna step up and say yeah larry helped if he's not helping so i don't know maybe maybe we are taking a closer look at that um we're gonna get another starter in here we're gonna get this bullpen right 
And uh, I don't know, maybe Larry now, you know, with this London trip coming up and then all-star game, um, all-star break ap- approaching, maybe he says, okay, hold on. I need to really like wrangle these guys in and, and do more. Yeah. Hopefully someone talks to him about it. So that's been the week in, in Yankee baseball. Again, great week to be a Yankee fan. We've won nine out of 10 as of uh, Tuesday at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, some quick injury updates. Working his way back from Tommy John left season, Jordan Montgomery is now dealing with shoulder inflammation and be shut down for two weeks. That's unfortunate because he talked about wanting to be a contributor late in the season. Um, we really, you know, we, we need arms. Uh, I think it puts more pressure to go out there and, uh, and make a trade. At the same time, uh, we do expect Severino to come back right around the all-star break. I still think we need another arm regardless of that. And Domingo Herman, who won't have a ton uh, left in the tank because of innings limits. But again, I think CC goes five or six. Mingo gives us one or two. We can stretch him out throughout the year. Um, he threw 25 pitches in a bullpen on the 21st. He uh, ran the bases on the 22nd. It's a strong indicator that his hip's good. They're talking about him coming back for the Subway Series July 2nd and 3rd at City Field. And then I do love how short our injury updates are getting as the season goes on. It used to take yeah. up so much time. But um, this is what we saw, man. We're like, eventually, you know, everybody's, everybody's going to come back and – this team will be at full strength. I'm loving it. I'm looking at this like, I mean, the only one we really are going to talk about here is Cameron Maben. Our sweet prince, Cameron Maben, has uh, a a strained calf. Strained calves are just like going around this year. Is everyone yeah. not drinking enough fluids? Too low. What up, Too low? But I know he's somewhere listening like, yeah, my calf still hurts. He's fucking swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. In Ellsbury's um, hot tub. Cameron Maben is going to be out for a few weeks, and I put in probably forever. Um, you figure a calf strain is like six weeks. So if you know that happened on like the 20th or something like that, he's looking at coming back maybe by the end of July or really by the end of July being able to do some rehab. So... It'll be past the trade deadline, most likely, for us to be able to get anything for him. Um, hopefully, he can, you know, latch on somewhere if we don't need him, because you never know with injuries. But then also, when they sent him down, they notably did not call up Clint Frazier um, and went with an extra pitcher. Now, Holder has been sent down this morning. There's been no corresponding move announced, but. Maybe Clint. Um, it's kind of we're in this limbo with Clint that is, is going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. But I think just Yankees Twitter and Yankee fans in general, like we are sad to see the Cameron Maben experiment probably coming to an end because um, he's been so exciting to watch. We've all been cheering for him. Yeah. And, and see how these things kind of work themselves out with the roster and moves and the IL and guys getting sent down. Let, let this be a lesson to you young kids. Handle your business. Uh, be mature and do what you're supposed to do. Don't make it all about you and just be accountable and do what's asked of you. Um, Clint Frazier right now. I mean, if he handled his situation a little differently and this Cameron Maven injury comes like he's right back in. 
Yep. But he made a, a big scene about it, took his full 72 hours to get down, did the whole Instagram, deleting pictures and unfollowing guys, saying what he, he said in the media prior to that. And it's like, wow, dude, you can't predict baseball. You can't predict the future. But maybe if you handled yourself a little differently, you'd be reinserted to this team and packing your bags for London. It is interesting to me that like when we're in a situation like the Yankees have been in with like, what are we going to do with all this roster? The way you say like it always works itself out. I'm a firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. So I also have been all week like, fuck, who's going to get injured? Like someone's going to get injured and you feel bad. But I'm like, well, I hope it's Maven and not Stanton or Judge, you know, right. like you, someone we you can know afford it's to lose. Exactly. Like, you know, it's coming. You know, someone's going to get hurt. And then all of a sudden we hear Hicks is having some problems. He's a little banged up. We don't think he's going to go on the IL. So it puts this weird limbo of Clint back in play. Um, And obviously he's a huge possible trade piece for us. Um, And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about trades. Chris Carlin, who is on whatever the Bart Scott show. I don't even know what it's called on WCMB. I I mentioned it a few weeks ago. It's Carlin, Maggie and Bart CMB. They're on in the afternoons on WFAN. Yeah, I hear I don't listen to the show. I don't really listen to sports radio. I hear she is very good. I hear Bart Scott's good, but might not get renewed. And Carlin kind of uh, he drives the conversation like a Skip Bayless type. And so what he did um, is saying he he said it on the radio, but then I'm just going to read his tweet because I don't have a clip. In one instance, just one, but yes, I would trade Aaron Judge for Max Scherzer straight up. Scherzer would guarantee you two World Series championships. Judge's injury concerns coupled with Scherzer not slowing down one bit because of how the Yankees were built, I'd do it. Um, People were upset, to say the least, um, at this idea. What do you think of this idea? I mean, it's four clicks, it's four ratings, it's to create a buzz. Now we're talking about their show, we're talking about Chris Carlin. Um, that's never gonna happen. The judges' chambers are built into the stadium. This guy is the face of our team. Uh, Scott and Andrew were talking about how he won't get booed, how he can go 0 for 10 and not get booed because he's that beloved uh, by Yankee fans and in New York and across the country. And trust me, I, at this point, will do anything to win the World Series. I get it. Like, you put Mad Max on this team, that is a chip that, you know, see you at the parade, it's locked in. But there's no way we're trading Judge. The other talk is, um, you know, the Nats would want Glaber. There's no way we're getting rid of Glaber for Scherzer either. So, I mean, it's all talks. It's all clicks. And uh, people have the, uh, the right to be upset, but I wouldn't read too much into it. It's, it's like trolling in a way. I would trade Aaron Judge before I trade Glaber Torres. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, we, de- if we're if we're looking at Torres versus Judge, yeah, Glaber is twenty two, Judge is twenty six. Um, Glaber literally could play every day, but we rest him as if he's thirty two. Judge, injury prone. We've seen now his first three seasons. He's a huge guy. We don't know how long of a career he's going to have. Um, I'm not parting ways with Glaber, but if it's between Judge and Glaber. Judge, but like I said, the judges' chambers are already built. He's a, they're trying to make him the next Yankee captain. Like it's not going down. So I totally agree. I mean, I think we saw when he came up in 2016, we saw injuries. 
He had a great 2017, played 155 games, won the Rookie of the Year, Silver Slugger, came in second in the MVP voting, All-Star. Uh, last year, had some injuries, uh, only 112 games, All-Star, got some MVP votes. Um, straight up, I would not trade Aaron Judge for Max Scherzer. If they ate a bunch of salary, I would consider it. I know it's not a popular decision. I've said... Uh, on this show, I've said it since Aaron Judge came up back in my barstool days that his size is a concern. Tall players like him don't have long careers um, because it's sort of there were knee injuries. Now there's obliques. I'm not saying I want to trade Aaron Judge, but I am saying that it's something that if the Nationals came to you and said, I want Aaron Judge, you could have Max Scherzer. We're going to eat all the deferred money. With the way our organization is built, um, I think that would be something that we could withstand and still win a couple World Series and find that next yeah. big player. Uh, so I don't think it's – I'm not saying we should do it, but I just don't think it's as crazy as everyone tried to make it seem yesterday. It's not. And then I always reference that this guy has his own part of the stadium, but the same way that they put the judges' chambers up, they could also take that shit right yeah, that's, down. That's you can remove it. That's a union job. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a union job. They'll be out in no time. Right. And I mean, you, and then you just manufacture another star. I mean, everyone is, I, I do say, I say I mean a lot, uh, but, you know, we do factor in. And I think knowing you personally and your background and, and my background, and a lot of people do think of this from like the marketing standpoint of how marketable of a player he is. And he's going to be. He's close to being like if he could string together three healthy seasons, he's the face of the game. But uh, for right now, I mean, the injuries are a concern. I mean, I think we're all going to be on the edge of our seat every swing he takes the rest of the year because that oblique could pop up at any time. And as the calendar goes on, a reoccurrence of that, you know, puts him out late in the season, in the playoffs, things like that. He says he's 100 percent healthy. I hope he is. But a lot of players have been 100 percent healthy and injured again. Yeah, no, I'm hoping for 100% health from all of these guys on the way out. People are going to forget, and we already, like I said, don't get credit for it. Hashtag replace for 28 is now chase for 28 again. We got the full squad pretty much back. You know, we got to roll. Um, I don't want to see any injuries on the rest of the way because we're going to need all of these guys. Judge has kind of started off slow, but he's the type of guy that can hit that home run when we need it, make that play in the outfield when we need it. Um, we need all of the horses in the stable, so. So speaking of young players, uh, like an Aaron Judge, the Dodgers had three walk-off wins in a row, all by three rookies, which for a team that's been to the World Series now two years in a row and is positioning themselves to lose a third in the row, to have three rookies not only be able, not only to have those guys in your organization and have that organizational depth, um, to still have guys to call up who are going to contribute three years into a run like this. And really, it's like 10 years into a run because they've been in the playoffs every year. Yeah. I mean, Don Mattingly got them started there. It's a tribute to, to them and the organization that they've built. But to do three walk-offs in a row by three rookies, that's, that's just one of those weird baseball things that's exciting to see. Yeah, and I put this in here, I mean, because it was a big story this week. Um, I don't know the names of these rookies, and I don't care. 
I put it in there because it's like, you know, here come the Dodgers. And you know how we kind of just keep an eye on the NL and, you know, who could be the potential World Series opponent. And it's like, man, the Dodgers are really cooking. Uh, Cody Bellinger's looking like an MVP. He's got little girls running on the field to uh, get pictures with him. And they're catching charges just for that little viral moment. But, hey, man, they're going to lose three World Series in a row. And that's going to suck. The three rookies were Will Smith, Matt Beattie, and Alex Verdugo. I mean, I don't think these are names we're going to hear for forever, but um, you know, they've got, they've got a piece of perfect history. Perfect timing for those guys to come up. And I think, uh, you know, they're just, they get their guys ready to go. Where at the end of the game, you're in position. These guys come to the plate with confidence. They might have one home run under their belt, but they feel like, hey, it's my time to win it. And they do. And Dodger Stadium is, is lit. It's cracking. Um, I don't know any other 13-year-old words to describe it. But um, I want to go out there in late August when the Yankees play because we might be looking at a potential World Series matchup. And, um, I mean, like I said, I, I look at the Dodgers as the runaway favorites to win the NL, and I already know that we're going to win the AL. So it's going to suck to be a Dodgers fan come October, November because the heartbreak of winning a third or losing a third World Series, is, they're not beating us. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Kardashians to deal with that. Um <laughs> One interesting thing about Will Smith is he was a supplemental first-round pick that the Dodgers got when they lost Zach Greinke as a free agent. And I think what we've seen over the past couple of years, and especially this year with guys like uh, Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel having to sit out because they've had picks tied to them. Uh, like I've often wondered, like, who cares? Like, why do we? Why don't we get rid of this? But this is a case where the Dodgers lost Gre- Zach Greinke, who was, you know, one of their you know top players. And now with that pick, they got a guy who's contributing at the major league level. Um, so it, it's an interesting factor into that argument of do we get rid of the supplemental picks or not? Um, and in ter- last thing with the Dodgers, um, another person got hit at their stadium by a foul ball. Cody Bellinger smoked a, a foul ball that hit someone in the face again, I think. And it's like major league baseball, make it mandatory. Magic Johnson. Put up the nets, protection, use it. Like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm with you. Um, the Dodgers doing good things. The Yankees are doing good things. Let's talk some bad things. Yo, the Mets fucking suck. Like, as an organization, <laughs> as people, like, this is so bad. I'm going to reiterate this to you. If you are a Mets fan in 2019 and you show up to that stadium and you give them money for a ticket, and you spend your money on concessions, or you turn on SNY and watch them play, and then you complain, why aren't they getting any better? Why aren't they making changes? You're the problem. You are supporting them every time. If, if I came home from work every day, and my wife punched me in the face, and I just kept showing up every day to get punched in the face, at a certain point, <laughs> it becomes my fucking problem. Because... I'm not doing anything to change it. And you know what? Everyone's telling me, hey, Jack, guess what? It looks like you've been punched in the face every day. The entire, there are 29 other fan bases telling you you're getting punched in the face every day. You're in an abusive relationship. Cut the shit. Stop showing up to that stadium. Stop. Like, that's the only way you can get rid of the Will Ponds in three years. If you just don't show up to the stadium, don't spend any money, don't support this organization, and do not watch them on TV. Take your summer back. There's so much shit on Netflix and Amazon 
and on demand. You can watch something else for three hours every night. And if you are watching it, it's just so you can complain on Twitter, and this is what you want. You don't want to watch them win. You want to watch them lose so that you can complain and have something interesting to say. Stop oh, supporting yeah. this team. They're a joke. Mets fans are the, the fans of the Mets so that they can do rants. There's so many of these like Mets fans that you can find. Like Just Google Mets rant, and there's little kids doing Mets rants and old fat guys doing Mets rants. They are terrible. The Mets. Step right up and meet the Mets. It's like a new story every week. Okay, Mickey Calloway is threatening a reporter. I thought he was supposed to get fired a month ago, two months ago. I thought he was out of there, right? And then well, it's him. The, He's getting in arguments with a reporter, and then one of the players the, is the saying, guy, uh, Jason Vargas is like, I'll, I'll fuck you up. I'll, I'll knock you out, bro. No, you won't. Like, hold on. Like, another one of the players should have stepped up to him. Like, no, we're not knocking out reporters, tough guy. Like, what is this? And then... They double down on the shit. So Mickey Calloway comes out and goes, it's part of the game. You know, Billy Martin, he threw Billy Martin out there. And I, I think I've quote tweeted something. I'm like, hold on, yo. Is he referencing Billy Martin? Like, this isn't the 70s. He also said, oh, this is a part of the game. And I'm like, this is not a part of the game. It's a part of the game when you're losing. It's a part of the game when you suck and you just are so frustrated that you take it out on the media. The New York media is like this with every team. You are not any different. You're not any special. You're not exempt from being critiqued and being judged and being asked questions. Like, if, if you're bad at your physical. job, if you're bad at your job, someone at some point is going to ask you why you're bad at your job. If you're bad at your job on national TV for millions of dollars a year, the media is going to be that person. Like If I'm bad at my job, my boss just asks me what the fuck's going on. When you get, But I don't make millions of dollars a year, so I don't have to answer to the media. It's part of the job. It's the same way we got on clint when he didn't talk to the media you yeah. have to stand and you have to answer their questions it's part of getting not only a job as a major league manager but a major league manager in new york you have to stand there answer those questions people are going to second guess you especially when your team is garbage and honestly i think some player on that team and i don't know this roster well enough so i don't know if it's pete alonzo and i meant to make fun of him when we had the Subway Series because I'd, I'd heard his name. I never saw what he looked like. That guy looks like a fucking doofus. But if someone on that team who's going to be there for a while needs to step up and needs to overthrow Mickey Calloway as a leader because when Jason Vargas goes at a reporter, Mickey Calloway it should be the one who says, we don't do that here. But he's not because he's right behind him yelling. So right. someone else needs to be a leader, be the captain, run that team, and say that's not how we do shit here. Maybe that's how it's been in the past, but moving forward, we're not. And you're either all in or you're all out. And that'll start clearing it out too. A player and the fans can turn this whole thing around. And then on top of that, there were rumors of this happening, but now it's been pretty confirmed, even though all sides are denying it, that the general manager, Vandeway, or however you say his name, Van Wagen, is at Dirty. home watching games on TV and calling the stadium to make pitching changes happen. No way. Yeah. He's... I mean, they just fired their pitching coach and then hired three new guys, like a pitching strategist, a bullpen manager and something else. And it's just like, they don't know what, like, it's like, is this their first year? Are they an expansion team? Like they don't know what the fuck to do. They have an 82 year old pitching coach that, that who was the bullpen coach, but he got hired as pitching coach this week. 
And that's like the fifth craziest thing they've done. Like that's right. what a joke they are. An 82 year old guy traveling. He played with, with Sandy. Team. He played with Sandy Koufax. Yeah, I did hear on the radio. Um, I mean, and I'm sure he's a great. You know, he's got the resume. He's got the experience. But at 82 years old, right? And then they said they were making the move to to move more into analytics, which is more of like a younger thing. I yeah, don't know. the mess, yo, the New York mess. And yeah, all you fans that like buy seven line army t-shirts and show up to these games you're funding this nonsense no no you got team buy your seven line army stuff but because that doesn't go to the team darren and the guys like seven line army is like the bronx pinstripes i mean they're way bigger than we are so support seven line army don't go don't go to stuff because they have like a stand and like i don't know i hate the seven they bought they bought to yankee stadium and made the most noise and they they bought licensing rights that's why they were a little more in they had still their fans rep this this blue and orange culture like like they're good and they're terrible. Like you said, if they just stop showing up and you want to see some change, boycott. You have a team across, not even across. You have a team a couple stops away on the subway in the New York Yankees that is your literal dream, right? Remember a few years back when they said, oh, uh, New York is now a Mets town because the Mets went to the World Series in 2015? Oh, Yeah. Uh, everyone in New York is is a Mets fan now, like more than fifty percent. No way, you smoking? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I couldn't imagine just being a Mets fan. It's so stupid. But they suck. Don't go there. Um, and it's it's actually interesting when you actually bring up Seven Line because they have built a business around supporting the Mets, and I, I don't know if it's full time or or what it is for for Darren or for all those guys, but. They actually have the base to say we're going like we're not going to these games anymore. No one should go to these games anymore. Yeah. Let's change. But then that personally costs them so much money. <laughs> uh, so it's a tough Double position to be sword. in. Yeah, hopefully, you know, Scott's I never actually, in that position. Um, I met Darren. He came to the fan cave. Uh, my boy Dan was a Mets fan when I was in the fan cave. Super cool. Hooked Dan up with some shirts. But I guess my like my me just being a Yankee fan, I just hate on them. I remember yeah. going to a Yankee game and they had like 200 level. They had like 200 people in the They section. travel well. They travel, they travel so well. well. And this is years back now. I haven't seen it in the, the last couple of years because they're, they're literally the worst team in baseball. When you look at not just record, just like the news that comes out of their organization. And it's like, how do y'all support that? How do you keep going to games, right? Bronx pinstripes, we can, we can sell 200 tickets. Put 200 people in the 200 section easily. This is a team that you root for, that the whole world roots for. The Mets, it's like a joke. You couldn't even write this script. Their season year after year has, you know, just surprised me in new ways. This is what Robinson Cano deserves, though. (laughs) Yeah, Robinson Cano, step up and be a leader, bro. You're going to be there for a couple No, Robinson Cano's not going to be a leader. Not with that contract. Never. I'm surprised he doesn't play second base in a folding chair. Like Todd Frazier, be a leader, man. Change the culture over there. No, Todd Frazier doesn't give a shit either. Um, Well, that's all we have for the Yankees week and what's going on. But we have an exciting week coming up for ourselves personally, uh, for the Yankees in general, the Yankees and Red Sox this Saturday and Sunday will be playing at Olympic Stadium. The first ever Major League Baseball games played on uh, in Europe. Um, We're both going there. I'm excited for it. Uh, I like being a part of big things that are historic. Um, uh, you know, happy to have the opportunity, uh, you know, to be there 
just because who knows where this is going to go. They're always talking about, you know, NFL teams in uh, Europe. I don't think there'll be a baseball team there for a very long time unless uh, we bring back the Concord and you can get there in like three hours. But um, it's just an exciting thing. I've never been to London before. I mean, no, I've been to London. You have not been to London before. So what are you expecting out of this trip, both baseball-wise and just in general, like first time out of the country? Uh, well, I mean, it's a world stage. I love the fact that Major League Baseball is trying to be more international because there are players in our league from all over the world. Um, five years ago when I was in the fan cave, the opening game of the 2014 season was Diamondbacks Dodgers in Australia. And I remember thinking how cool that was. It was kind of whack because it was like a 5 a.m. game. So I'm like, who's really up watching it? Similar to the Mariners and A's playing in uh, Japan. This is going to be on in the middle of the day. Uh, all eyes on London. First Major League Baseball game. The greatest rivalry in sports. Yankees versus Red Sox. When I got these tickets in December, dude, I was just up at 5 in the morning because that was a, yeah, you know, same the same time. Yep. I think they went on sale at 10 a.m. over there. Yep. And I'm I'm just in my bed with my MacBook open and my phone, and I was able to get tickets to this and immediately go on Twitter and Facebook and see all the people that didn't get tickets. This is before we thought of George's box. This is before the podcast started. This is before you know we really knew what this team was going to look like. Uh, just as a, a Yankee fan, I knew that I wanted to go to this game, and my girlfriend loves London. She talks about London all the time as one of her favorite places, if not the favorite place of hers in the world. So, I mean, I'm super excited to go. It's awesome that we have this platform with Bronx Pinstripes, George's Box. Um, we're doing events over there. Like, that's going to be sick, man, to, to show up to the bat and ball with people that are fans of Bronx Pinstripes, of our podcast, interact with people, um, our UK fans, or, you know, I don't even know what to expect. Or what, what are you expecting uh, walking into this this weekend? So I was in the same boat as you. I got up at 5 a.m. Like I made sure I made like a Ticketmaster UK account the night before, had my laptop right next to me. So like as soon as my alarm went off, I just rolled over. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I Have you looked at the secondary market at all? I See, that's it. So the thing is, I haven't looked because I got four tickets. They're going lower than face value. Like oh, we man. overpaid at face value. Like I'm That's, definitely gonna. I'm go glad I didn't it. look. See, because I was like, I originally was thinking, okay, I'm gonna get four tickets, but I'm giving them to somebody. I'm like, now I'm like, I'm not even gonna look because I'm not reselling them. I found people to claim them. Um, you get in the stadium for like fifty bucks on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully my seats are good. I paid. I don't know what I paid. Um, I think I paid like close to three hundred for the pair of tickets that I'm gonna be sitting in, which are supposed to be good seats. I think down like the first baseline. Uh, I don't even care. It's like it's not even about the money. It's not even about what was spent or what the face value is or who's turning tickets now. Like I said, it's a world stage. It's a first. Um, we get to be there as people covering the Yankees. Man, I, I have a lot of contacts inside Major League Baseball. I reached out to a lot of people at Major League Baseball this week to say, hey, are you, you making the trip across the pond? A lot of them aren't going because they're getting ready for the All-Star game. Um, this is a Yankee thing. So for us to be, you know, people in the Yankees, like online community, people with um, a podcast and getting to make the trip, um, something in the universe connecting, man. Like I said, before we even knew we were going to do George's Box, we both got tickets and kind of secured this trip. And now it's it's grown into what what we're going to make it this weekend. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for the trip. Um, it's going to be interesting. The 
I, th- I believe the line, it's 330 down each line. It's going to be 385 to center field, but with uh, like a 16-foot high wall or something like that. So it's going to be interesting field dimensions. They're playing on turf. Those are all kind of things that concern me a little bit just with the, some of the injuries we had. One interesting thing, now we talked about Jonathan Holder going down, roster moves, is each team will have a 26-man roster, and you get to bring two extra players with you in case you need to make a move from Saturday to Sunday whether it's extra innings and whatever, that 26th person cannot be a pitcher. It has to be a position player. So I think we see, and both teams are going to wear their home uniforms, which is going to be weird. I think we're going to see Clint Frazier in pinstripes again. Man, <laughs> I, I want that for him. I think he is, like I said, he's, he's a swag champ. People know him. Maybe this will be his like chance for redemption. I said I wish he handled it a little bit better, but with Maven going down and like you saying, like maybe Clint gets to make the trip, and um, it's a big trip. I know, like we we didn't think Judge and Stanton would be ready for it. No, but you know they got they got through rehab to be ready for this. We want to be at full strength. We want our best hitters, best pitchers making the trip across the pond. We take two games from the Red Sox, come right back, crush the Mets. I hope I hope for Clint that he gets his opportunity. Um, I'm not. I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope for him that it happens. So let's um, let's talk a little bit of uh, schedule out there. So you fly out tonight. You get there Wednesday. You got to probably decompress. Thursday you're going to Ireland for the day. Yeah, just a quick day trip to where, Ireland. Where in Ireland? I think Dublin. I mean, the only thing I want to see there is the Jameson. Uh, factory that's it, guinness, that's the really only thing i have circled guinness is really cool too yeah we i guess my girlfriend mentioned guinness but i'm more of a jameson guy uh, yeah so i'd rather i much rather go to jameson get my little picture in front of the jameson sign maybe they give us some free jameson and then we come yeah, right back they do um and then we'll, that's on thursday we're gonna do that and then friday it starts so there's already like the london yards and there's some yeah. other stuff going on so where, i like i get in friday morning I get in Friday morning at like 9 a.m. So I think for anyone who's going to be there, I think we're both going to be at London Yards on Friday. Um, I might need some time to like decompress. So probably like early afternoon London Yards for me. Um, And then I've got dinner that night. And then Saturday and Sunday, there's a bar called Bat and Ball that's near the stadium. And there are Facebook groups that uh, we'll actually tweet out from George's Box. Uh, so follow us on Twitter at George's Box Pod. Um, it's no like no reservation, no tickets needed or anything. We're just we've got some fans in the UK who are who uh, recommended this place. So we're going to be over there beforehand, uh, just hanging out, having some drinks before we go in and, and check out the game. I'm excited to see like what's going on around the stadium. Like this London Yard thing, I don't think I fully under understand like what's going to be there i saw they have like oh we're going to have like some food that's like american type food but uh i don't really know what goes on there i i expect it to be this like similar to like the all-star game or like the pageantry around like i don't know like opening week or all-star or like postseason you know how major league baseball it's, it's it's like a festival it's like a baseball festival outside of the stadium so i expect there to be music maybe food trucks um places to take pictures. I read something that like around the stadium they they have it kind of segregated. Like there's like a Red Sox area and a Yankees area. Um, 
think Susan Waldman posted a picture of this thing that, you know, this big, um, like the logos, like the Yankee logo and the Red Sox logo that you they can take a picture of. They uh, had it by Lo- London Yards. It's- they had it by London Bridge, but they have a right, schedule of like where it's going. So I think it's going to end up, I think it's in London Yard Friday. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be cool, man. I, I set up a little thread yesterday. I said, hey, we doing Yankees Twitter meetups in London. And I know Batiste is going. A couple other people um, from the UK jumped into that thread. Where's Batista sitting? I don't know. In the dugout? (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm about to hit up the sweet life of Batista. Like, yo, do you got the suite at Olympic Park? They might not even have suites. They do. They do. They call it hospitality. Oh, okay. I mean, they're they're flipping the the football stadium to a baseball stadium. Um, I don't know. I'll have to check with him on that. But, uh, yeah, man, we're easy to get in touch with. People have been DMing me. Uh, people have DMed me on Facebook, Twitter. It's just literally at Keith McPherson is my Twitter. You can tweet me if you're out there. Um, Andrew, uh, who works for 12 Up, and he used to work for Bronx Pinstripes with us. We did, um, at Old Timers Day, like five years ago, we did like Man on the Street stuff. He'll be out there. Um, i trying to think who else. Andrew from Bronx Pinstripes will not be out there because he doesn't believe in this team. <laughs> not Rotondi. Uh, yeah. Andrew, I can't pronounce his name, so instead of butching it, I'll just say Andrew W. Weinrib. Um, I don't know if he listens to this, but he'll be out there. He messaged me. And there's, a, there's a, like I said, there's a bunch of people just either tweeting at us, messaging us. I want to meet everybody. I want to link up with everybody that's not wearing a Red Sox jersey. All the Yankee fans that are making the trip and all the Yankee fans that are out there from the U.K. that want to hang out with us, like that's what this is for. Um, and, I mean, we're going to need some tour guides or some people to suggest where to eat. Or where to go to, you know, to see different things around the stadium and that just know more uh, than we know. So looking forward to it. Yeah, hit us up. Follow him on Twitter at Keith underscore McPherson on Instagram. He's at Keith McPherson. Follow the podcast at George's Box Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. We'll both be documenting our trips while we're over there. Uh, Tweet at us. Tell us where to go. Uh, slide into our DMs, all that fun stuff. Keith, you got anything else for the people before you jet set across the pond? We're growing. It's good to see. I appreciate everyone that sends a message saying, hey, man, I listen to George's Box. I'm making this George's Boxers, hashtag George's Boxers, a thing. We're going to have a a group of fans and uh, Yankee fans that just, you know, listen to the podcast and support us, and we'll keep going, man. This is episode 15. I think, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Let's keep rolling. The Yankees are rolling, and we'll be here every week to document it, and we'll get some video content. I I asked JJ to pencil me in on Stadium Eats London, so look out for all that. Yeah, we got a lot going on. It's going to be a very exciting week. As always, follow us on our social medias. Tell a friend about this show. Tell them to check it out. Uh, It's growing. It's little by little, but uh, you guys telling people is what helps us grow. Thank you to everyone who came out to our event last weekend. Uh, buy your tickets for June uh, for July 20th. It's going to be a movie. Um, and then if I don't see you then, I'll see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.